Welcome to the NewTubers Podcast, the premier small YouTuber community, helping up-and-coming channels improve through critiques, feedback, and cooperation. We teach you how to start, build, and sustain your YouTube career. Now, without further ado, let's begin the show! Hello and welcome to the NewTubers Podcast, episode four. Today, we'll be talking about how to decide if your current format is working. We'll go over when it's okay to change, how to find inspiration, and a couple different ways to end your videos to encourage people to come back and check you out again. With me today is Big K. Woo! Hello, would, everyone. Would you like to say hello? There we go. We have Rossi, two S's, two E's. Hey. That's no... And spontaneous. <laughs> Woohoo! Remember to visit us on Reddit and, of course, subscribe for more podcasts. So, the first thing you have to do uh, to decide with regards to your current format is how many views is good or bad? What is a good amount of views and are you reaching that goal? I think that really, when we start talking about what your number of views are, it depends upon how many subscribers you have and what your reach is. And that's probably the most important part to start at. When you see somebody who has 50 subscribers and they have 5,000 views, yeah, that's really, really great. But when you see somebody who has 50 views and 50 subscribers, is that still good? And I think that that, again, is, is a yes, it's still great. And that's because when we're talking about the number of views you have, it is so incredibly dependent on when did it come out, how long has it been out, things things along those nature. So, for example, probably the the most successful of the other three here would be Big K. When, when you put out a video, right, what is a good number of views for you? If you look at your video and you say, okay, that video has X number of views, when does it reach the point that you're happy? Uh, to me, when I reach 100 views on a video, I consider it uh, being a great video. Uh, the average I have is around 60 to 70 uh, right now, which is decent uh, for the size of my channel. Uh, so 100 views, I consider it to be great. So at 100 views, you look at that and you go, that's great. Now, I'm, I guarantee you this answer is going to be a little bit different for Rossi. Rossi, when you get a new video out and you look at it, what point do you look at those views and go, okay, that video did well? It's actually not, it's not different. Um, for me, it's around, um, so a good, I'm happy with around like 40 to 50. And then I'm like real happy when it gets to about 70 plus. Uh, I think I've got like 80, 82 subscribers. So I'm, happy to get to over half of that, basically. I see. And Spen, how about you? I am in the exact same boat as Ross. My answer would be the same as his. Okay. Now, see, for me, I'm a little bit larger. So <coughs> if I hit a thousand views, that's a video that did pretty good, right? 500 views is a video that's okay. If it's anything under 500 views within the first week, I feel like that video is a complete failure. If it hits, you know, two, 3,000 views, then I'm going to start saying, okay, I did something right on this video. So when we're talking about what is a good amount of views and do you reach that goal, it is entirely dependent upon your past uh, expectations, what you've reached, what you've done. And so for Big K, you saw 
he's hitting 70 views every single time. If he's getting 50% more at 100, he's really, really happy. With Rossi, if he's getting 100% more, he's really, really happy. And that's the same here for me, too. 500 views is really very much like my baseline. I want 500 views for every video as a bare minimum. I obviously don't always reach that. And if I had a 1,000, I feel like it's good. So once you kind of figure that out, there's a good indication of what your views should be. And that that it's very difficult for anybody to come in and say, okay, you should be getting the right number of views. I do want to add in a caveat here that if you are under 100 subscribers, <clears throat> this advice does not count for you. And that is because you, as a under 100 sub creator, are in a very weird boat. You can have a video that gets 500% the number of subscribers that you have and it's still not a popular video. So th that's kind of the caveat that you have to include there. So By the, say that again. I was just going to say, I was just going to say that I am uh, under 100 right now. So that's like, yeah. Right. And, and any number of views that Rossi gets at a under 100 subscriber point is completely out of whack with any sort of algorithmic decisions. And that's because if you have 20 subscribers you get 20 views in the first hour, right? That is absolutely phenomenal from a ratio standpoint because you got 100% of your subscribers to watch your video. It doesn't happen. But because it's under 100, those 20 subscribers could literally be your mom, your brother, your six bots that you have sitting behind you that Thanks, you're watching mom. all your videos with. It doesn't count anymore because you, you just, you can't really determine if you're doing a good job at that level to know what it's an acceptable view count is. So the most important part of getting your views and understanding what a good view count is, is two things, your first hour and your first 48 hours. Big K, when you put out a new video and you're looking for your hundred views, how many of those views do you get in your first hour? Probably getting uh, 20 to 30 views, I'm assuming, in the first... No, maybe not. I'm going to say 15 to 20 in the first hour. So you're getting a good 15 to 20% of your, of your view goal in your first yeah. hour. And you have, what, 150 subscribers, something like that? Uh, close to 142 right now, yeah. Okay, so you're getting 10% of your subscribers in your first hour which is really, really good. So Rossi, when you put out a new video, you said you're under 100 subscribers, so you have how many subs? Just checked, 84. 84 subscribers, congratulations, that's great news. You're gonna hit 100, I guarantee it, within the next... 20 minutes. So... <clears throat> Come on guys, do there it. There you go. When you put out a new video, how many views do you get in the first hour? Uh, I'm gonna say... Somewhere between zero, that, that's happened multiple times, and ten. Okay, so zero to ten. So, so you might see anywhere from zero to ten percent of your subscriber base in your first hour. Yeah. So let's average it out and call you a five percenter. And Spen, when you put out a new video, how many subscribers do you have first off? Uh, I think I have 78. Okay. When you put out a new video, how many views do you get in your first hour? Usually around 20 to 30. Okay. So you get, oh, wow. you get almost 50% in your first hour, which is fantastic. So one of the, the interesting things about the algorithm and the number of views you get is 
it is highly dependent upon the it's called um oh my goodness view velocity right Ooh, and view velocity is youtube's algorithm to look at how quickly you are getting views and therefore how quickly it should promote you so when a 10 million subscriber guy puts out a new video and it gets a million views in the first hour youtube says this is a great video everybody loves it let's promote the hell out of it and when you put out a video and youtube sees that it gets zero views in the first hour it goes oh even this guy's subscribers don't care about this video we're not going to promote it so that's part of view velocity and that's where the first hour comes into play and there's a very, very, very simple <laughs> algorithmic math equation you can do to understand if you're doing a good job. And that is the 5, 10, and 15% rule. If you get 5% of your subscriber base in just raw numbers, we're not talking about actual subscribers, in raw numbers, in the first hour, you're going to see 50 to 60% of your total subscriber base in views over the lifetime of that video. So at 100 subscribers, if you see five views in your first hour, you are going to see 50 to 60 views on that video over the lifetime of that video. If you have 10%, so on 100 subscribers, you have 10 views on that video in the first hour, you will see 100% of your subscriber base in views over the lifetime of that video. So 10 views, you're going to get 100 views over the lifetime. And 15%, so 15 subscribers, 15 views, right? You will see 160% of the subscriber base and views. So you'll have 160 views on your video if you have 160 or 100 subscribers. And it's a very simple, easy math equation that you can do that gives you a very, very loose but highly accurate over the, the YouTube as a whole understanding of how well your video is doing. So for me, if I get 35 views in my first hour, I'm going to get roughly 500 ish views, right? Over the entire lifespan of, of the video. If I get 70 views, I'm going to get 700 ish, 800 ish views over the lifespan. And if I were to get a hundred views in the first hour, then it's going to do very, very well. I'm going to get a thousand or more views, right? So you're saying this word lifespan. What do you mean by that? Now, lifespan of a video is an interesting thing. YouTube stops promoting your videos after a certain period of time because it's old content, right? That's how come when you go that to YouTube, sense. you typically see stuff that's an hour a day or a week old. Now, occasionally you'll see stuff from six months ago, two years ago. And those are videos that have continued to maintain their view velocity throughout, right? So I have okay. a video right now that's sitting at about 4,000 views. It has 45,000 minutes of watch time or something like that. It's getting an 11-minute average watch time, right? And every single day, it is consistently getting 100 to 200 views every single day. That's awesome. Right? And that is because YouTube is consistently showing people that video, because it is doing well. And I can foresee that it will continue to get one to 200 views per day, basically forever, as long as it continues to maintain that kind of watch time. So does this, 
kind of this idea not really apply to the under 100. And that's what I, yeah, exactly. It doesn't really apply to somebody under 100 because your view velocity has a cap if you have 20 subscribers. If you were to get 100 views on your video with 20 subscribers, the algorithm would normally go, oh my god, that's incredible. But because you're smaller, you really, you, your artificial, you know, artificial um, percentage, you have an artificial ratio. Yeah. So what I've found is my, my growth rates on like views is really weird. Pretty much every video I've got is still getting views, um, except the Let's Plays that I did and just decided not to. Uh, another thing was my maximum, my recent video, got no views in the first hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after a week, it had, I believe, 30. And now on Friday, um, which from the point we're talking about, this was uh, two days ago, it just all of a sudden just gained another 20 views just out of nowhere. Right. Mm-hmm. But the, the um, problem is that when we're talking about 20 views, right? And understand that this is in no way a negative for you but 20 views in terms of youtube is not a lot so yeah your view velocity in a ratio is very very high because in one day you managed to get a 25 percent increase from subscribers to views that's incredible it's fantastic however you're under 100 subs and it's 20 views so that's why i had to add in the caveat before we even begin talking about it if you're under 100 subs this is really, really wonky. You could get a thousand percent of your sub base in one day because you have one sub and you get 10 views. And ratio wise, that's incredible. But you got to remember that it it has that caveat of, yeah, but it's still only 10 views. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, the. Sub to view ratio, which we've been talking about, is very, very important. And that is because if you have dead subscribers, right, YouTube looks at that number of subs to views and says, okay, you're doing something wrong. Once again, even the people who said that they like you don't want to watch you. So it's very important that you maintain that ratio of five, 10, 15% and continue to grow your views to sub base so that YouTube doesn't think that you're doing a bad job. For example, spend there is getting 50% of his subs to watch his videos. It's absolutely awesome. It's fantastic. And that says to YouTube, this guy's making content that his viewers want to watch. Therefore we will show you in the sub box. Right now, you may have heard, you know, like uh, PewDiePie and people um, like him. Uh, who else did it? There was somebody who did game theory. Was it game theory? Who did the sub boxes broken about PewDiePie like a year ago? Yeah, so. that was game. That yeah, was so pie, that yeah. is still an issue, right? If you click on somebody and hit subscribe, there's absolutely no guarantee you ever see their videos again. Use the bell. The notification. Right, yeah, thing. you have to actually choose to to say, I want to see them. But not everybody does that. In fact, most people don't do that. So maintaining that sub-to-view ratio is important so that YouTube will show you in that sub-box. Right? If It's a very valid point. If Little Big were to suddenly decide... We're going to do this sub for sub thing, bro. We're going to, we're going to get huge. We're going to hit a thousand so that we get the credit box 
Absolutely. That's what <laughs> we want. We want that credit box. And yeah. they went out there and got a thousand subscribers, but they continued to get the kind of views that they do now at, at 15 views per video, right? Now we're talking instead of 15%, 1.5%. It's a huge change, right? And now YouTube's going to look at them and go, oh, your subscribers hate your content. And it's going to stop pushing you out. And it's going to stop promoting you. And it's going to say you are doing a bad job. And therefore, this is why people say sub for sub actively hurts your channel because youtube is looking at it saying you're making bad content yeah you hit that thousand mark yeah congratulations you've left graphite and you're in opal and now you can sign up for the youtube creator stuff and all that kind of good hey you did a good job you get all the perks but nobody's going to see your videos right that's a bad thing makes sense it's a terrible thing i don't want that right Hashtag don't do sub for sub. Right? Hashtag spaghetti, no sub. So Yeah. One of the things that that we really do want to talk about is how does view velocity affect your future videos? Right? And I realize that this is a little bit luxury and I apologize, viewers. I really, really well, it's do. Good information, because though. I know that you didn't come here to just listen to Moriarty talk. But Okay, your voice soothes me to sleep every night. <laughs> well, thank you, Sven. <laughs> your voice wakes me up every morning when I hear it in my nightmares. You're thank welcome. You. So, um, a lot of things that people look at is is a is video independent, right? So, Big K, if you put out a video and it does badly, does that affect your future videos? Um, I don't know. I, I've had some pretty bad uh, videos and had a very successful one afterwards, so I don't think that it's it's totally independent. Okay, how about you, Rossi? What do you think? Uh, as long as it's not a trend, I think. Okay. Um, so as long as you don't release like one bad video and then another and then another uh, and then it has another. Right. Effect. What about you, Ben? I think it's a I think it's a huge thing where if I have a really crappy video. It could be someone, people could watch that one and then be turned off from my, the rest of my videos and not want to come back. Okay. So the answer to this question is, we're not sure. Right? So when you look at, dun, dun, dun. it's terrifying. It really is. And you should hear, you should hear scary music every time you put out a bad video. And that is because <laughs> it is possible and maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. It is possible that YouTube actively starts to penalize you when you put out a bad video. There have been... I mean, it could make so, sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. When, when you say bad, uh, do you mean in terms of... I'm not of, talking about viewer response. Uh, I mean, like, bad as in it doesn't get the views and the watch time and the session watch time. I was, yeah, was going to say right. watch time. Yeah. So you put okay. out a video that gets a thousand views and it gets five minutes of watch time. And then you put out a video that gets a thousand views and it gets five seconds of watch time. That is a bad video. If you put out a video that gets a thousand views and it gets five minutes of watch time, and then you put out another video that gets five views, that is a bad video, right? I mean, objectively, they are yeah. bad videos. Comparatively to what you have already done, you've made a bad video. 
right? I mean, they right, just exactly. I'm not saying that the side. content is bad because let's face it, some of the best videos that I've put the most work into have gotten the worst amount of views and watch time. So I'm not saying that the content is bad. I mean, it is objectively a bad video because it did poorly. Right. So there are quite a lot of very, very smart people who work in the YouTube analytics world and it is their belief. And therefore my belief, because I believe smart people that a bad video affects your future videos. That if you put out a bad video, YouTube will promote your content less, all of it, your whole channel, it will promote your entire channel less. If you put out a bad video, can you just offset that by making more good videos? Who knows? knows? Now, like, here's the thing. <laughs> there, are, there are seriously some very, very smart people who make lots of money in YouTube. They have millions of subscribers, and they will delete a video if it doesn't hit this 5, 10, 15% ratio in the first hour. Hmm. Which is insane to me as a small creator to think I'm going to just go ahead and straight up delete this video because I have a million subs and this didn't hit 100,000 views in the first hour. It only hit 50,000. That sounds insane to me. It's just nonsense. Right. It sounds absolutely insane. insane. But <laughs> there are people who believe that that actually works. And it's difficult for me to argue with them when they have a million subscribers. When they are actively getting a hundred or 150,000 views per video in the first hour, it's really hard for me to say, oh, no, 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 you have no idea what you're talking about. You know, it's, yeah. it's very, very yeah. difficult for me to, to say that. So there is some belief there. And this is where the 48 hour comes into play. All right. So the number of views you get in the first hour is very important, but the number of views you get in the first 48 hours is very important too. So you want to have that steady climb when you're watching your, your views on a video, it needs to be a steady climb for the first 48 hours, right? Now we're not saying in the first hour you get your 10% and then over the first 48, it gets to 25% that that's a bad thing. But what you can't have is your first hour, you get 10% and then nothing for 48 hours. That is a bad thing. Right. You can continue to get a small percentage of views every hour because let's face it, your subscribers, they get the notifications on their phone. They get their emails. You show up in their sub box. You show up on their subreddits. You've, you know, shown up on Facebook and Twitter. They understand that you're going to have a huge amount of view velocity if you're in your first hour because of promotion. Right. And that is accepted. It's understood. They are fine if you get 10%, then 11% the next hour, then 12, then 13. That's cool. But you have to have consistent growth for the first 48 hours and views in order to break out from the YouTube thinking you suck grid, right? Like if you don't continue to get views every single hour in the first 48 hours, YouTube's not going to promote you, which is how come promoting your videos in a smart way is very important. Right. Getting your videos seen in that first 48 hours has to be your priority as a small creator. And then you have to forget about it because it's in the hands of the algorithm. Unless you get, you know, shouted out by PewDiePie, unless you get posted on PCGamer.com, like it is outside of your hands in that first four after the first 48 hours. But in the first 48 hours, you can actively affect it by going out and promoting. 
Makes sense. Very true. Wow. Yeah, I think it does. Actually, it makes a lot of cool. sense. Cool. All right. So I just have two quick things. So a lot of information. Yeah, I apologize. Two more things, and then I'm going to go ahead and pass it over. Um, the first is, is your current format conducive to repeat viewers? Do you encourage people to watch your video and repeat your uh, watching your videos and watch your next video? So when I say this, my format for video is a short form quick first impression game review. And my current format is not conducive to repeat viewers. It is, it is not something that somebody wants to watch every single video necessarily. A small percentage will, but I'm showing you a new game every couple of days. And unless you're interested in that game, or unless you type into Google, how good is this game, right? You're not going to organically feel like you need to watch my videos. And that is my fault. And I'm working to in introduce a couple of new segments that will encourage repeat viewers, that will encourage viewers to come back. It's one of the reasons why my channel, I spend a lot of time when we're doing these game reviews talking about random nonsense so that viewers want to be a part of the conversation as opposed to a part of the review of the game. And... Okay. It is something that you really need to work on and consider is your viewing, is your, your video type conducive to a repeat viewer? I can already tell you that Rossi is sitting there thinking right now, man, I never thought about it. That is not conducive to a repeat viewer because he's doing reviews. So unless it is something that somebody actually wants to see about that game that he's talking about, right? Is it something that a repeat view is, is going to come in and say, I want to watch that? And I mean, I was, I, I just, um, so the kind of content I do, um, at least from my perspective and the way I've thought about it, um, if you're watching a review of my game, uh, of, if you're watching my review of a game, you're, the games that I do and the style I do, you're not interested in um, the actual game itself um it, it, because you do retro games so my, my no not not necessarily because i do retro games what i do uh is reviewing in the context of entertainment so i'm i'm trying to be entertaining and i'm hoping my repeat viewers are coming in to see uh the entertainment as opposed to the review because let's face it if you click on my channel you see i've reviewed maximo i've reviewed a game ps1 bugs life um, you're not going to click on that because you want to know whether it's good or not. You want to, you, you're going to click on that because, um, it's a five minute piece of entertainment sure. framed as a review. No, absolutely. That's and that's how beautiful. I that... Um, so I, I do think that my content, at least I don't know, I'm being defensive. I do think that my content is, uh, aimed for repeat viewers. I think. Uh, at least, no, yeah. That's, that's perfect. That's exactly it. You, you consider it right. And that's the thing that I want viewers and listeners to understand is that you have to think about it as a piece of entertainment. You have to consider, is your entertainment worth it to bring people back? So if you go to Little Big Gaming, you're going there because you want to see how you, you want to provide entertainment for your kids to watch and kids 
want to watch new content pretty frequently. They want the new stuff, either that or they want to watch the old stuff over and over and over and over and over and over again. So he has created a type of content that is conducive to repeat views because the viewers, when they see a new video, the kids want to see it, right? The people want to watch it with their kids and they want to introduce their kids to that new piece of content. And the kids might want to watch that video 50 times on repeat because that's what kids do, right? They're absolutely insane about content. So he has created something that is conducive to repeat viewers. And I imagine that you see that, right? Big K, your, your subscribers actively come back and watch your stuff video after video. Yeah, absolutely. For and that's sure. something that I don't see, right? Because of my type. Now, Spen, you do more of a let's play type of thing. Do you see repeat viewers? No. <laughs> No. <laughs> Just straight up no. People who watch my content never come back. I have like a few friends that come back and there's like a couple of people, but most of it, it's just from me going to different places and throwing out my content and trying to get people right. to come in and okay. watch it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's something where you get really got to think, is this something that somebody's going to want to watch every video that I make? Is somebody who watched the last video going to want to watch this video as well. And if the answer is no, then you're going to have a much harder time because you have to go out there and create a lot more content. You have to work on evergreen content. You have to work on promotion. You have to work on a lot of other things that people who create content that naturally encourages their viewers to watch the next episode don't have to work on, which is why let's players, once they catch somebody, this is why they've become the largest channels on YouTube is because once somebody watches their videos and likes their content, they will watch every single video because they don't want to miss anything. It's how come people who do reviews that are really, really good, like Ben Yahtzee, right? You know, uh, from the escapist, his reviews. Mm. Oh, yes. I think. People want to watch them every time because they're entertainment, just like Rossi. They're entertainment. Yeah, that's what I was... Because when I, I think of my content not along the lines of a review, like, say, something that uh, Crime or, or Total Whiskey or something like that does, like a piece of entertainment, like, say, Yahtzee. Yep. And that's the thing. Yeah. I like and how you, want, you should feel happy. You just put your name I'm right I'm pretty happy because that is literally the guy that I model my content after. So I'm totally okay with being put up there with him. Can I just say, I if you cover a game and Total Biscuit covers a game, I'll watch yours because you're a lot more time efficient. I do than not put is. out a forty-minute video. Yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> so, I guess really, when we're looking at this, right, you want to consider: is the number of views that you're getting, is it good or bad? Right, based off of is your content fitting the format and reviews that you or format and views that you want, right? So are you are you getting your repeat viewers? Are you getting the right amount of views? Is your sub to view ratio healthy? Are you getting the right number of views in the first uh, first hour, the right number of views in the first 48 hour? It's a lot to think about and there's a lot to work on. But it when you look at these three things, right, you can decide is your format revealing an issue with the format itself, such as my content, 
Is it a promotional issue where you aren't promoting enough? So you're seeing good first hour views, but nothing in the first 48? Is it a quality issue? Are people not watching your content? So this is when watch time comes in. You look in and you say, oh, I see that I'm losing 90% of my viewers in the first 30 seconds. That's a quality issue, right? So with those three things, you can kind of decide, is my format working? Am I... Am I in a format that is actually working? Do I need to change something? I've changed my format twice now in the history of my channel, and each time it has been a small change to improve my viewership, to create the kind of content that my viewers actually want. And that is something that every person who's sitting there going, oh my God, I, it's just not working. Why isn't my, my videos aren't popular? I'm not getting, why aren't, right? When you're in that stage, you want to sit there and you want to think, is this a format issue? Is it a promotional issue or is it a quality issue? And if it's a format issue, well, that's why we have our wonderful Big K here. So, Big K, when is it okay to change your format? Well, for the majority of you, dear listeners, that are still listening after you know, <laughs> hearing Maury lecture us for you know, 30 minutes. Um, I apologize. This is, <laughs> this is your first YouTube channel, and one of the reasons why you're listening to us in this podcast is that you're looking to grow your channel, or you're looking to get some tips on how to do better in the YouTube world. Or maybe you're one of the few that are just here to listen to Rossi rant uh, or talk nonsense. But the point is, uh, <laughs> at oh. first, it's all about experimenting, right? So you're going to familiarize yourself with your workflow, the content of your video, your editing, uh, how to promote properly on social media. And with experimentation, you may want to change your format, whether it's the result of digging through your analytics based on direct feedback from your audience, uh, or you have a brilliant idea that you want to put to life. The question is, when is it okay to change your format? And that's a touchy question. For those of you that listen to uh, our other podcast, we had a topic about establishing yourself as a content creator and also raised some importance or the importance of branding. The point is, the bigger your audience, the bigger your, subscri your subscriber base is, the more impactful it will be. Note that the audience that hit the subscribe button did it because they like your content. And if you change your format, then depending on the types of change that you make, it may have a disastrous effect on your loyal subscribers. However, you may also benefit a lot more from the, the format changes that you're making, so that may attract a larger subscriber base. So, to me, there's different types of format changes that you can make. There are some experimental changes, so these are changes that you're introducing as tests, not necessarily committing to changing your format permanently, and that is by far the best, in my opinion, to kind of gauge the audience to understand whether your changes are good or bad. So there are good tips in using these method as, you know, it's not as intrusive as doing a complete overhaul. Um, and you can experiment on what which uh, changes are the best. So you can ask your audience in your videos, you know, if they like the new format, if you like the content, and based on that feedback, you may choose to continue or just put a complete stop and make additional changes. And then there's complete overhauls. So when you want to make a dramatic change to your channel, it could be 
very good depending on if you're in that er moment and you want to change everything about your channel so that you can attract a more loyal subscriber base or more viewers um some overhaul may be a complete rebranding you can change your content style the format the genre and etc you can choose to do an, uh, an overall without promoting it uh and it's just it can just be a complete i'm doing this on a whim because i'm tired of what i've been doing and i want to do something new or you can carefully just promote it and, and kind of start a hype train so that people can jump on and um whether it's a complete choo, success choo. or <laughs> or it could be a complete hashtag no man style uh, complete failure uh you may take <laughs> all these was a i see what you did there this was a mistake. <laughs> this was a mistake. Uh, you can announce it and tickle the interest of your existing subscriber base and reach out uh, via social media to get, um, you know, extended reach. I just no want to say, it wasn't the game that was yep. a snake. It was him. He was the well, If you're Sean Murray, you apparently thought it was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag spaghetti. Hopefully by the time this video comes out, we'll know. Was it a hack? Or was the disgruntled employee actually Sean Murray? Because that <laughs> seems to be what it looks like. <laughs> Sean Murray, uh, directly from the Bahamas with the millions of dollars he made for a failed game. Now, <laughs> no matter what types of changes you choose to make to your channel, it, if it has an impact um, on what you provide as content, there's a few quick things that you want to keep in mind. So, first of all, do the research. Uh, use the tools that are available to you, such as the you know YouTube analytics, trends, and feedback before making a dramatic change to your format. Listen to your audience. They are the driving factor of your success. Listen to what they like, what they don't like, and then use that to tailor your changes. Also, avoid making multiple changes at once. Uh, that way, you will not be able to gauge the ones that are good versus the ones that are bad. That's a really good point. Yeah, if you yes. go in there and you just kind of change your entire channel all at once, you may have made some some changes that are really, really good and some changes that are really, really bad. And you won't be able to know which one you're doing. Absolutely. That's a really good point. Thanks, Big K. I repeated what he said, but I said <laughs> it with more conviction, you see. <laughs> <laughs> so to summarize, while change can be good, it is also important to prepare and analyze uh, the results. The lower your subscriber base, the easier it's going to be to change the format without having too much of an impact. I don't believe that there's a magic number of subscribers uh, to, you know, warrant whether you want to change or not. It is all entire up to the way that you're preparing yourself or your audience to said change. However, keep in mind that when you hit 100 subscribers and you have that custom URL, that one is pretty much set in stone. So if you do any rebranding re changes that involves changing the channel name, you may want to do it before that. Um, or else, you know, you may want to have to, or you may have to change your channel or start a new channel altogether to get that changed. I want to, so, I want to jump in real quick and say, yes. make sure you choose a channel name that is generic enough for your content. And this is because I did my first major rebrand after a hundred subscribers. And there was a point when I was seriously considering adding in a specific game to my channel title so it would have been crime or csgo right and that would have been 
absolutely disastrous because I don't do CSGO content anymore. So if you have a chance, try to think about being as generic as possible while still being a unique brand. Yeah, kind of like how once Rossi starts saying more than 167 words in his video, it's not going to work out for It just won't work anymore. (laughs) (laughs) My new intro, Uh, right? uh, For the people who didn't get to see that, there was a sad look of just just head shaking there from Rossi. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Now, Moriarty, you just mentioned that you made two distinct changes of uh, your format. Um, So... Can you explain what type of changes they were and what triggered that change and what was the result? So the first major change I went through was I went from doing purely CSGO Overwatch, which is what we started as. We watched a bunch of people doing these Overwatch videos and we were like, oh, we could do that and totally better than them. They suck, right? And um, we went down and we decided to make these videos as well. And so the first change was when we got to a point where we said, these are really, really time intensive, like super time intensive videos. Each video would take 20 hours of man hours to make a single video. And it just was way too much. We couldn't put out enough videos in any sort of reasonable time frame. And it was taking just so much time to put them out. We would literally, the reason that we started doing the every even day thing was so that one of us could be editing one video for four days at a time. (laughs) And that way we would actually be able to consistently put out content, right? So my video would come out on day one, his video would come out on day three, my video would come out on day four. That way there'd be four days in between to do the editing. It was too much. So we went to a more gameplay-centric sort of semi-review kind of idea where we would do... Here's the two of us playing a co-op game, and while we're playing the game, we're just kind of hanging out talking about the game. And that was the first big change, so that we could continue to do the CSGO stuff while doing these other gameplay videos without having to be consistently going, oh my god, I have to edit, have to edit, have to edit, have to edit. And all the man hours, and it was just too much. And once we started doing those gameplay videos, they started getting a lot more traction than the Overwatch videos, just like night and day difference. And the, we noticed that the videos that we did a review of the game as opposed to just straight gameplay footage did a lot better. So then we did a complete changeover, stopped doing any of the CSGO stuff at all, and started doing almost exclusively the short form game reviews. And while we still do some of the gameplay stuff, like we did a, a collaboration with a million subscriber YouTuber recently, that was a gameplay video, right? But we still do typically the review style. And those are our two biggest changes. Now, most recently we also went through a rebrand where we had big K who is fantastic at, uh, doing at least the art style that we need. Right. Um, he went through and, and made us some very, very cool artwork. We rebranded everything. We changed up everything. And that was more of a aesthetic rebranding. And that was pretty easy to do because we just kind of clicked buttons and said, here you go, guys. This is our new everything. So that wasn't as much pain. But going through those first two big format changes, 
that was, should we do this? Is it going to work? And the only reason we ended up doing it is because we noticed that our fans actually were enjoying that a lot more. Nice. Does that answer you, answer you, Big K? Yeah, no, that's... I'm apparently that, that's feeling great. loquacious today. <laughs> Do I need to Google that word? <laughs> oh, uh, it means well, he's feeling you? very gassy. Yeah. <laughs> what about what you, Spen? Did you, uh, did you ever have to change the type of format that you, uh, that you put up? I am actually doing that right now, where I'm completely redoing my channel with a whole different approach and all the stuff we're talking about is awesome it's i like um yeah i don't really know i don't want to go too far into it because i'd basically just be taking a plug and just but um yeah it's everything that uh, moriarty and you've been talking about is just it's super important it's a lot of the stuff i've been kind of going through and thinking about but the degree that you guys have explained it here is kind of making me rethink a few different aspects of it. So, well, well that's good, and that's why we do these things. So, so that's that's amazing. That's what we're looking for, and hopefully, your rebranding or whatever changes you're making to your format is going to be amazing. It's going to be know fantastic. I'll be leaving spent. YouTubers after that because you'll be guys will be like Spencer. You're not a YouTuber anymore. You're famous. Get out of here. Yes. Just make sure you plug <laughs> me on your one million oh. sub subscriber special. All right. Just cry Just, more. Just like this big, yeah. Crime war, the best. Which is ironic because that's what you'll be doing is crying war. So punny. (laughs) Let's just keep. Let's just keep starting a conversation every time Big K goes to finish. (laughs) Good. I would really love some spaghetti right now. I hate you. I hate you. not true I, I i love you buddy but now that we covered the topic of when is it okay to change um your format i think that we have some questions from the youtubers subreddit that we wanted to cover so spen you're up dude woohoo i'm back back in the new tubers groove oh i did that well i have a question here from cloud carry who did post it on our last podcast video and his question is is it worth it to go back and fix old thumbnails or is it better to just set up a framework for the future i think i think you're good for that question more i think that falls within stuff that you already did not too long ago so we want to we want to hear me talk some more um (laughs) i think i think it is a little bit of both I went through when I did my my aesthetic rebranding and I changed a hundred videos thumbnails. I went through every single video and I changed every single thumbnail. And I did that because I wanted my branding to be consistent and the difference in the branding was so great that I really, really thought that the new thumbnail look was way more professional. It looked better. I, I liked it so much more. And the older style, while not complete crap, was complete crap to me. And so going through and doing all those thumbnails and taking all the stuff that I had learned over the past six months and applying that to my thumbnails, I thought that was a a worthwhile investment in time. And I'm not 
a hundred percent convinced that every person needs to go through that. While my videos now, I have noticed that those older videos are getting the organic click throughs because the thumbnail is better. I'm not sure that if you have a hundred subscribers and you have a hundred videos, or actually I saw a guy the other day with 50 subscribers and 500 videos. Um, I'm not sure that for that particular case, it is worth it to go through all 500 of your videos and create a new thumbnail, especially if you're like a let's player where you do different, Oof. different groups, right? So you might play a single game for 20, 50, a hundred segments, and then you go to your next game in that particular case. I'm not sure that you need to go through and change every single thumbnail simply because you can go ahead and say, I'm going to do different thumbnails on the next segment game, and it will be a visual identifier that this is a different segment. And I'm okay. I think that some people can can get away with doing that just fine. For me, because of the evergreen style of content that I create, where somebody might be going through a new Steam sale comes through, and they're interested in the game, and they type in, "Is this game any good?" Right, and then my video comes up. Well, that might be a year, two years, five years down the road, and I want them to click on my video. So for me, the branding was more important because I'm playing a longer game with my videos. If you're not making such evergreen content, I'm not sure that it really makes a difference. Uh, I tend to disagree a bit with that. I mean, in my case, I know that, for instance, I and I, I think we discussed this particular uh, example in the last podcast, but... Uh, we did uh, Pokemon Rick Bronze. Um, Let's Bronze. Play. Yeah, it's uh, it's a Roblox game. It's uh, there's a lot of um, a lot of hype about it uh, recently, and uh, when when I saw that and I saw that our videos were doing okay, but not that well. What I did is I actually just searched for similar videos and I looked at their thumbnails and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do better than all of them. So yeah. I changed I changed my thumbnails, also changed my tags, and that ended up being my best videos. And I have one of the videos out of a series of eight or nine episodes right now that's um, averaging fifty to hundred uh, views a day. That's um, awesome. So we just we just hit I think seven hundred plus views on it, and we uh, we released it a few weeks ago. So that's definitely good. Um, you need to make it stand out. If it's better than all the other thumbnails that you're seeing for that game in in the top um, in, in the top search results, then you're obviously triggering a response that you know if if you're making it into the the top um, results, then you, people are obviously going to be clicking on it because it looks better. So, is it worth it? Yes, but again, as more mentioned, if you have 500 videos. <laughs> it may be too time consuming and you won't or hire see the an value. assistant. That's right. So so yeah, good and bad I'm assuming, but uh, redo all the thumbnails. Definitely a good exercise to do if if, if you want to uh, you know, talking about format changes, if you want to do some experimentation about it, just do it. Do it do it on one of your if you're a less player, for example, do it on one of your uh, series and see how uh, how it uh, how it turns out. That's a great point. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
It's gonna, I, I personally know that for my content and the fact that I put out maybe one video a week or one a fortnight and I've only got like 15 or so proper videos, uh, I'm going to redo the thumbnails when I finally get some sort of brand. Um, and I think that will have an effect because like I'm still getting growth on everything uh, from like four months back or something still today. Um so I yeah I think for evergreen content it makes sense and it's about volume as well like you guys have said. Thanks. Hello again. All right, Spen, you had some questions. All right. So I went. Th I've uh, like I love new tubers. I love going through it, and I'm always whenever I find like a question I think is really good, I always just saved it myself for personal reference. But then we started doing this, and I was like, well, hey. Let's share some of these great questions, because some people on the subreddit have fantastic answers, so it's a good place to go to check out a bunch of information, but can I say these guys' names? Yes. Cool. Uh, we had a great question from Bogdank Osilov, and he asks, so I don't do gaming videos, so I'm always out on the look for a topic to create a video on. I try to find things relevant today, but sometimes it's hard. What do you guys do when you need to help? Or sorry, what do you guys do when you need help thinking of a topic for a video? And the the Reddit was pretty great. We had a, a bunch of pretty good answers. Uh, some of them that I really liked was uh, you know people were just saying that they go and watch other people's videos and they get inspiration from there, or they go do a favorite hobby of theirs just to kind of chill out and refresh their mind. Um, some people were saying that they just go to other people's videos and they just review them uh, just for their own like personal thing where they're watching it so they can kind of see, you know, what was the person doing so they can kind of react uh, for their own videos from there. And they just, some of the questions that go on and on, I'll have it scroll through. So if you want to see some of the other responses, uh, you can give it a quick pause and check it out there. But what do you guys think? Yes. I know at first I said um, I didn't want to keep put this as a round discussion because like we could go forever on these, but... I think uh, Big K had a good idea to do that because, I mean, Moriarty's is in a pretty talkative mood. He's got a lot of fantastic answers to you. Like, I've written down half the stuff he's freaking said so far, so. What was the question <laughs> again? How do you come up with ideas? Yeah, so basically, um, how how do you keep coming up with ideas for videos? Well... What, what's there some tips to help with that? Uh, so, for me, since I do reviews primarily it's a little bit easier i just kind of take the next game that i have and there we go that's the next video i'm gonna do but i do also do some segments that are not game reviews and the way that i come up with those is a little bit more hey i have this idea and there you go so I have I have my evergreen content in between all of my great big ideas. And, and so what I try to do is make sure that I always have something that I can go back to. Right. So like if tomorrow I had to do a video and I didn't have any any keys from any developers and I didn't have anything that was brand new that I could get out there. I would still be able to go into my library, find a game, and do a review on it. It may not be the greatest thing ever. In fact, that's what came out today, and I'm so depressed about it. It's doing really well, <laughs> but it was one of those things where it was like, I don't have anything to do. Here you go. Here's a game. And so if you have your, your format and you kind of understand what you do 
Like, this is what I do. You always have something that you can go back to. It doesn't have to be the greatest, best thing ever, but at least you have a, a fallback. And when I do have those great ideas, those strikes of inspiration where I go, this would be a really great video. For example, I did a video on digital homicide, and that's the video that has almost 50,000 minutes of watch time on it, right? That was one of those moments where it was just, oh, man, this would be a really good video to do. Like, probably what he was thinking is, oh, man, I can just set up a playlist with this video and just keep it running for a couple days, and then I'll feel great about myself. Right? Just, there you go. I'll just watch my own video forever and ever. <laughs> I, I have I have to say that this was by far the best $2 I invested in someone's success. <laughs> I think that was also the oh, opening yeah, line for the first YouTube podcast. Oh, yeah, you bought that for him, and you've been trying to get him to play it for a long time. I forgot yeah, about I, that. I bought, like... I, I bought that when, you know, digital homin that was before they started suing all, you know, the YouTubers and slash Steam uh, players. Uh, but again, nice. that's all about timing. And that is the answer to that question for me is timing and trending. If you don't have any ideas on how to come up with content, if you're a gamer, uh, look at the trendy games out there. If you're a vlogger, look at trending topics. You can do that as easily as just going on YouTube and, and hitting that trend uh, tab, and you can look at what is trending. You can just turn tune the TV and see, look at the news, what is trending. And that could be a, an easy source of inspiration for you to come up with new content. That's that's what I have. I agree, absolutely. Trend Trends, man, they're huge, and you can see them really easily and you can put out a video that gets very very large for example as we're recording this living in your car is a trend on youtube and so you can see if you go to the main page on youtube that several big youtubers have put out videos about living in their car if you go back a week youtube money making money on youtube was a big trending topic so all of the people put out here's how much money i make on youtube and so you can you can follow these trends put out videos that fall in with the trends and then you get related videos you get suggested videos people who are typing in how do you make money on youtube because it's popular and they're seeing it on twitter and facebook you can fall in with those trends and and be able to produce a video that actually does catch somebody's eye and it can also end up being evergreen content because when that trend comes back around as they tend to do you already have a video there absolutely well yeah. one of the things i found is because with my with my rebrand i'm starting to kind of move a little bit away from gaming and what's helped me a lot with coming up with different ideas for videos is I, I, I approach any idea that I ever think of as, uh, whether it's good or bad, I always write it down. I actually I have my phone that sits beside me so that in the middle of the night, if I wake up half asleep, I'm like, oh, idea, and I just like pull up the phone, I'm just like, and I just like say it into the phone. Like, I was going through some of it today, and I had an idea from a couple weeks ago where I was like, oh, let I want to review different kinds of pancakes in the back of my van while someone else is driving it down a windy road. <laughs> And at first I was like, that's a great idea. And then later on I was like, that's a terrible idea. And normally I would have erased it, but I kept it. And now I'm thinking, now I'm talking to you guys, but I'm like, that sounds like a good idea. I would watch that video. I would definitely watch that. (laughs) You can have ideas come to you at any moment and it's just have something to write it down and just, and keep it, keep it forever. 
Even if it means you have like notebooks and lots of papers, because sometimes then it's even fun just to go back through them, and you may see an old crappy idea, but then that it sparks something else, and then suddenly you're making millions because of your new idea. (laughs) I do half of my writing at like three a.m. Just (laughs) laying in bed awake at night, like because I just get to write. Yeah. um, So I I guess beyond that, my idea, and it's uh, I guess nowhere near as. I don't know, as good as everyone else's, but just ask a friend. That's um, If I don't know what I'm going to review next, and I know you're not a gamer, uh, if you're not a gaming challenge, it's uh, different. But it, I guess it still applies. Just say to a friend, hey, what should I do? And that's how that's, that's how I often choose what I'm going to review, just just from what a friend wants me to. Then at least I, ha- I know I have one viewer. Just one viewer. You know what? <laughs> view by view, man. View by time. view. <laughs> no lie, I work for one view at a time. I really do. Oh, I go. For, it's all or nothing. All or nothing. I want. I want <laughs> one billion or nothing. Well, I'm going to be. He said the biggest be YouTuber, billion. or I'm not going to be a YouTuber at all. <laughs> uh, so, Rossi, this kind of leads us into our next segment here. How do you find inspiration for Uh-oh. your videos? Bum, bum, bum. Uh. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lean in a bit and make it everything even worse, just so I can. We're getting a little into. We're this. getting a little intimate here, are we? We are, yeah, absolutely. I can't see myself right now, but I I'm really close, aren't I? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> first up, uh, this is what I do, and I, I've been in a bit of a I don't know the word like creative route or something recently. Uh, it's it's ended up being fortnightly rather than weekly my video releases, which kind of isn't great uh i just for some reason haven't felt like doing them but the one thing that gets me back into making videos every time is watching my old videos um you'll just uh, at least with me i i saw myself having fun and i remember enjoying making them playing them and talking about them with friends and uh it always inspires me to make new ones so uh that is a great way of finding inspiration um Another way is just like I mentioned, talking to other people, to friends, to other YouTubers, my subreddit plug, um, and you you just get you get in the zone and get really excited to make videos, um, and they can often help give you ideas and stuff like that, um, which is yeah, if you're if you're making videos for other people, uh, talk to them. And other people will just, just motivate you to make videos and they'll give you ideas or at least kind of become a board to like bounce your ideas off. Be like, does this work? No. Okay. What do you think? You know, that, that kind of thing. It's works out really well. But, um, you guys, I want to ask you, um, if there has ever been a time where anyone else, anybody else, somebody else has inspired you to make a video or motivated you to make a video. Um, Moriarty, what about you? I've had a couple of videos that I've done that somebody else had done a video and I was like, oh, I need to do something now, right? I need to do this. And I mean, we were talking about the digital homicide thing. Yes, Big K did inspire me to do that because he gifted, quote, these wonderful <laughs> games quote to me yes Gift. and um 
Conveniently, right before all the screen happened. It was perfect timing. Perfect timing. <laughs> so that that is certainly a time that I was motivated to do it by someone else. But I'm a huge Total Biscuit fan. I love the way that he does his content. And he has inspired me to do a lot of different things simply because of the way that he does them. For example, every video that he does, he has it structured so that it can be a podcast as well. So he talks very little about specific things happening on screen and talks much more in a way that you can just kind of listen to his videos. And so I started doing that as well because he'd motivated me to do it that way. I found it to be a very inviting way to have a conversation with your viewers. I think that kind of answers your question. If you're asking, has anybody specifically said, you know, I've watched a video and gone, oh, man, I need to do a video right this second about this particular topic. No, but. No, that's uh, yeah, you totally answered my question. Um, I can I can absolutely see that inspiration there uh, when I watch your videos. Uh, what about you? Okay. Um, I definitely uh, again, I don't know why I'm I'm I'm, you know, just speaking about Moriarty all that much today. Um, he likes he's, to talk he's, a lot. He's special. Uh, I love you, Mori. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, he has been a source of inspiration uh, to to me. I found that it's always difficult to do a lot of content with a seven year old, and although we love doing that, you know, timing and schedule is you know it's hindering our ability to put a lot of content out so i wanted to try the you know game review type of uh format and i did do that as far as experimentation and i put out a paladins review um last week and it actually did very well people on that visit our channel like to have shorter videos and that's what i was going for i was going for short form review uh that is kind of like just a quick recap of what the game is what it does the features what i like what i don't like and that was great so after watching tons and tons of crime war gaming's videos um, i did my own review and i was really happy about it now they got some feedback and i i'm gonna learn from it and i'm gonna do some more uh, but yeah, inspiration just by watching other uh, YouTubers is, is good. It's a good source of, um, you know, how do I come up with new content type of deal. Okay. And uh, what about you, Sven? <laughs> well, my inspiration is a little different. Um, where I've, I don't know if it's just because I'm naturally a troll or what it is. Just try not, don't read too far into this. I try not to because it could be scary. Um, I have this guy that every once in a while returns back to my videos and his, his name's scrotum pole and he'll he'll That's just he'll just say things like i'll make a couple videos with my friend phil and then phil will be gone for a bit and he'll just be like why don't you just let phil take over the channel you suck and he just puts all these different things in there and for some reason like i read these and i just feel good inside and that's what makes me want to, I just, whenever he sends something like that, he'll like pop up after a couple weeks and I'll just feel great. And I'll be like, yeah, all right, I'm going to make another video right now. And I don't know why, but scrotum pull, you inspire me. You know, I, I will, I will I say I do is. have some viewers of mine that they're infrequent viewers, sort of like 
Spen is talking about that'll show up every now and then, and they are absolutely a source of of motivation for me, but in a different way. They don't made it motivate me to do specific <laughs> types of videos. They don't motivate me to bring back Phil. Instead, what they do. Oh, I don't bring back Phil today. It just makes me feel good. <laughs> Even better. So while they don't motivate me to bring back Phil, hashtag bring back Phil, um, <laughs> what they, <laughs> what they do spaghetti. do is they motivate me to continue. And when I see that guy come in and he goes, man, I really liked this video particular, you know, it goes, oh, man, I haven't seen this guy in a month and a half, but he's still a viewer. So that's a motivation for me, certainly. A different type of motivation, but a motivation nonetheless. Oh, see, well, that's nice. Scrotopoles never say anything nice to me, so. Well, hashtag bring back <laughs> Phil, bro. Uh. <laughs> I'm starting that. That's going to be trending tomorrow. Uh, What's this? Hashtag Again, bring back trending. Phil. In fact, right. if you go back through, like dear it's... viewer, listener, person, and uh, you go back through my Twitter, which is easy to find, you will see the exact moment that we were talking about this, because I'm <laughs> doing it right now. <laughs> Did you do that? All right, I'm going to retweet that. <laughs> I guess I will take. Take it away, oh, um, Rossi. Take it away. Take it away. Okay, it's all you. so I want to do it first. Hmm. Viewers uh, are obviously a massive inspiration, um, and yeah, when when I see regular viewers, it's great. It makes me happy. It's it's really good, and um, like the the two of you guys said. Um, should I be talking? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And like the two of you guys said, um, watching your inspirations is a great way of um, inspiring yourself to make new videos and motivating yourself to make new videos and coming up with new ideas for your videos. Um, and they have a lot of influence over you, and it's, it's great. Um, I've noticed that every time... Um, a completionist video comes out and every time I watch it, I all of a sudden just end up working on my own content the moment after I've finished watching it. Um, it, it, it actually happens like clockwork. Every time I watch a completionist video, I'm like, I'm going to do my own thing. And although my content is a lot like him, I just really enjoy what he does and I want to, I want to do something too. It's great. So uh, watch your inspirations. That that's That's a really good way of finding inspiration for your videos believe it or not um now i don't know how to end this segment but i'm gonna pass you on to somebody that does spend take it away that was really good i like that first we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna make a change of pace i'm gonna stand up for a bit and re-angle this so i can look down on you while i tell you this because it makes me feel special about myself so what are we are we talking about bad camera <laughs> angles? It's yeah. terrible. At least at least right. stand in front Sorry. of me. Right I can't help it. I'm just kidding. That's a terrible idea. Ugh. I'm coming back to you guys. I feel I'd feel bad because I'd be looking down. Not on like you. you don't already. And then we, well, we don't need to talk about that. So there's a lot of different ways and methods and formats. We'll use that word as well for ending your videos, but. It all comes down to how your video actually is, if that makes sense. If it doesn't, I'm about to explain it. If you have... You know, let's start with an example. Let's look at BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed has a fantastic format for ending their videos. Why? Because the length of their video is that perfect length that brings it to the ending where they have those... Um, what, are they, what are those things called again? Why did I forget them? They have like those little... Lower third... Those uh, things that pop up end on the cards. screen. End cards. There we go. Has oh, the end okay. cards that pop up. And 
It's the video is the perfect length so that when we get to those end cards, we're still kind of interested a bit and we see that they have other videos and we can click on them. They're not too long so that we're already tired out. Um, it's like if I had a video that was 30 seconds long and then I get to the end and then I have a 45 second end slate with cards on it for you to try and click other places, that's not going to work out so well. Uh, it's possible that with a 30 second long video, it might be best for ending my video to just cut it right there and then have it so it takes you to another one in the playlist. Uh, a lot of this stuff, it comes with kind of playing around and figuring out what works best for your length of videos uh, to your how your content's presented so that it all kind of fits together. If that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. Be confident. Yeah. You didn't tell me if it makes sense. Sure. If you have a 30-second video, sense. absolutely. Yes. Just end it there. We don't need a 45-second okay, cool. end card. You're actively hurting yourself at that right, point. I, was... I absolutely agree. If you've got a you know, a 10-minute, 15, 20-minute video, an end card makes a lot of sense because the people who have watched your video for 10, 15, or 20 minutes might actually want to watch something else. So you should show them an end card. They might actually want to subscribe and just not think about it unless you ask them to. So, yeah, an end card makes a lot of sense depending on your length. But you don't even have to have, like, an end. Like, end cards are just an example. You see it very frequently with a lot of videos just because it's a quick way to you know have someone find more content of yours but end cards may not be the thing that fits with your content and it just comes back to playing around and figuring out what works best for you uh your to end your videos it could be anything along the line i'm just throwing out a bunch of different examples for this kind of just to before you continue, my friend, end cards are really important for your uh, your session time. So if you want to keep the viewers watching more videos of yourself, end cards are the best way to do it. And as such, YouTube came out with a brand new feature recently that will allow you to put these end cards without having to do it in your videos so it's a brand new feature from youtube really easy to set up and it just allows sorry it allows your uh, your viewers to keep watching more content from yourself and also allow them to subscribe easily by and that new end card feature so definitely a new new end card feature you can also go ahead and put on your old videos that may not have had end cards as well oh nice they also, do they work on, on mobile. mobile. In no, fact, I went through all of my top right. videos yes. and uh, I added those new end cards in and actually used the blur feature in the YouTube editor to blur out the end cards that I had added in <laughs> and added in the new nice. YouTube one because of the way that they work and uh, the fact that they do work on mobile and things like that. See, but I would argue that in some cases end cards are not the way to go. There are some channels where when I see end cards after the videos, I'm just like, no, nah, I'm done. I don't want to watch anymore because the video itself was too long to begin with and I'm already tired out from it. And in those situations, it almost would have been better for it just to end there and then jump to another one in sure. like a playlist. Yeah, if- I think it depends on, on your format. Um, I noticed in my analytics on my earlier videos that the moment that the end card showed up, 
our viewers would click away. They'd stop watching. And that's because the way that we did it was sort of like a, okay, guys, well, that's it. If you like another video, go ahead and click here. You can also subscribe. So it was much more of a sales pitch at that point. What I have switched to is a... The end card comes naturally. It's organic. We continue our conversation, and just the last 15 seconds of that conversation is the end card. So we'll be talking about a game, reviewing the game, and as we're wrapping up our conversation, the end card will naturally and organically appear. So the people are continuing to listen while the end card is there. I don't, you know... There's no dubstep music or anything like that See, coming awesome. up. Boom, 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 boom. We're done. Here you go. Click the subscribe. Like that just doesn't happen. And I, I have found that to be a much more um, organic way of doing it for my content and my format. No, that's that is definitely a very good way to do it. If you can, like, if you can manage to pull it off, because it's a difficult thing to do. So, I have I haven't made it to the end of any of your videos. So, man, sucker, I haven't seen. Thank you. Kidding. You're my biggest fan. <laughs> no. <laughs> Little do you know there's a shout-out at the end of um, every video for Spontaneous, but you wouldn't know that. <laughs> no, I guess I, I don't. Now oh. that it's half of America, because they're watching my videos instead of yours. Uh-huh. <laughs> so funny. Uh, but, <laughs> Jesus, why are you still here? Um... <laughs> <laughs> and that's the point when people click off one, right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, one channel that I don't know if this is a if they've done a really good job or if it's working against them, and it's Game Grumps. I when I make it to the end of one of their videos, they have their end slate where what they've done is they've kept the their audio recording once they finish their playthrough, and they usually have something funny. Or a little bit of an end of a story that they're saying, and then that goes to the end of the play, like the end of the thumbnail, and the, or the end of the end cards, and then it just cuts right there. And ninety-five percent of the time, I finish wa- listening to all of that audio because I find it really entertaining. And then it gets to the point where the video's over and all of that disappears, and then I don't even remember what they were wanting me to click on because I was just too engrossed in the actual audio of what was going on. Jor- uh, sorry, I concede. I can see that. I'm not a game grumps watcher, but I can certainly see how having too much distraction at the end might hinder somebody actively following your call to action. Yes, I completely agree. I I have been really good at repeating what everyone else Uh. is saying in a very, very (laughs) uh, convicted way. Well, no, what's what's the worst? Well, the worst slash best part about it is you say it in such a really nice way, where all I can do is sit here and just agree with you, and then not know where to go from it. Because I'm like, man, he was like Good. really right there. But and this is this is the segment on how to end things, and he can't figure out how to actually end anything. <laughs> well, no, I'm not trying to end it quite yet. All right, I'm sorry. So you'll have to stick around a little longer, but. End slates. The only thing I really have left to say about end slates is, um, don't expect to get something really fantastic right away. It's something that you need to kind of really work on and find it to to kind of fit with uh, your channel because you want it to be familiar enough that people know what's going on when they see it. 
but you want it to be different enough that they're still kind of intrigued and they kind of stick through that first couple seconds because it's that first couple seconds of the, or well, like the first probably two seconds of the end slate is when most people cut away from it. But if you can keep them past that first second or two of it, then 90, it's from all of the research I've been doing on it, it seems that that's when, when you get past those two seconds, that's when they continue to stick through with the rest of it and they're more likely to click on a video at that point. So if you just cut it and say, well, that's all, folks, here's my end slate, it's going to be like what Moriarty was saying about how he had his stuff before. It's going to be a lot more difficult because when people hear that, then they're like, oh, well, that's the end. Don't really care. Let's get out of here. So that's uh, that's pretty much the gist of what I've got to say for end slates. Do you guys have anything that you want to put in? Rossi, how are your how are your end slates doing? What do you do for that stuff? Oh, I'm, I've actually found the segment very useful because I just dump them there and leave. Like, that, that's <laughs> like the, yeah. you're talking about the new ones. Um, I haven't, I've I haven't made a video in two weeks, so I haven't used them. When did the new ones uh, come out then? I don't I think know. you guys said that, but I forgot what you said. Oh, it is active now. The new feature is available as we speak. Right now, it nice. just just launched. It's a new feature. We are first hearing it here, folks. Brand spanking new. I don't actually know, oh. but <laughs> it, it was. I think it came out last week, if I remember oh, okay. correctly. Yeah. That's not too bad, then. And you've had some experience with it? By the uh, very it? briefly. Uh, but very I'm putting out a, a video today or tomorrow, so I'll um, I'll get to uh, fiddle with it a little more. Well, you'll have to let me know what it's like, and then do all of my stuff for me. Uh, <laughs> my name is not Sharon. Sharon! She's my assistant. <laughs> She's real. She's in the clo- oh, closet's there for you guys. <laughs> Whatever, Rossi, why don't you take it away? Let's. I'm tired of hearing oh, yeah. Moriarty's okay. voice. Right. So that's a thing I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everyone. Um, thank you for watching our podcast on YouTubers. New. T- <laughs> Alright, thanks for watching everyone. Uh, today we talked about is your current format any good and talked about creating great format. Uh, we covered how many views is good or bad, uh, when it's okay to change your format. We answered some subreddit questions. Uh, we talked about finding some inspiration for your videos and some different mem- and some different methods for ending your videos. And thanks for watching. Goodbye. So, guys, this is this is uh, all edited out now. Is it? I I forgot that I was doing this. Are are you sure? I haven't got anything written down. You sure? I forgot that I was doing this, and I haven't got anything written down. Can like? Oh man, I don't know what to do. Are you you sure? Are you sure we've ended it yet? Shit. Thanks for listening to the NewTubers Podcast. Come back every two weeks for more tips, tricks, and advice on starting, building, and sustaining your YouTube career. Visit us on reddit.com slash r slash NewTubers or on YouTube. See you next time!